Hello, everybody out there listening to my show. Welcome to the Church of the Souls Evolution. I'm the Reverend Ruby. And greetings, all you humans out there and extraterrestrials that are listening to my show. And I know you're out there. I'm going to read from a book today called The Contact Has Begun. And it is, I mentioned it on my last show, and I've talked about it in other shows before, it is one of the most fantastic reads you'll ever have. The Contact Has Begun. I picked it up at a bookstore in Tampa, Florida, back in the late 90s, I think 97. So this man claims that he was beamed up on board a spaceship, and this guy sometimes we find things hard to believe, right? This guy wrote a book about his experience, a whole book. And one thing that we can notice if we're really interested is how things change people's lives. Am I right? We see them the way they were before and the way they are afterwards, and we know in our minds that something has gone on, something has changed. And still, if you need more evidence, you know, there's other ways of getting evidence that they exist out there. Besides the books, you know, I've talked about this before in other shows. If you're new to my show, I think you'll like this. If you've listened to my show before, you might be getting a little bit tired of me saying it, but here goes all this life on Earth. And you know, there's a lot of life, a lot of bodies here on Earth. Our creator of the universe is a body maker, the ultimate, supreme, magical, omnipotent, omniscient body maker. There's over a million types of insects. Did you know that here on Earth? In the oceans, seas, rivers, and lakes, over 30,000 different types of fish. All the birds in the air, all those beautiful different types of birds, over 10,000 different types of bodies, over 10,000 different types of reptiles, snakes, all those different types of snakes, over 9,000 types of amphibians. Check it out on in the internet, on Google. Check it out if you don't believe me. Also, 5,000, over 5,000 types of mammals. If all that life happened by accident... Logically, it could happen by accident anywhere in the universe. For those people that are thinking that maybe there's no planets out there, really? No other planets besides this? Or the ones in our solar system? No habitable planets? But you got to think in your logic of logical minds that as we are indigenous to this planet because of the atmosphere, the Creator actually created a lot of different beings out there that are indigenous to the atmospheres of their own respective planets. Yes. Oh, my God. Such an incredible thing is going on. Just look up into the sky, my friends. You'll see a blue sky, white clouds. I'm looking at them right now. The bright, blessed day, the dark, sacred night. It's a wonderful world. Remember that song by Louis Armstrong, The Bright Blessed Day, The Dark Sacred Night. And it's going on. This is an incredibly huge planet. 
a masterpiece of creation. And just one of millions out there. You know it's true. They're discovering more planets each and every day. The James Webb Space Telescope is about maybe a little bit better than the Hubble Space Telescope as far as the images that are coming back, you know, as far as clarity and being able to see more. Suffice it to say, though, my friends, and we're getting smarter every day, aren't we? We're getting stronger and smarter every day and wiser as we grow older. We know that we're not alone in the universe. Have you ever watched Ancient Aliens on television? What do they say? We are not alone. We have never been alone. That's right, because these beings have been traveling throughout the universe for millions and millions of years, even before our Milky Way galaxy was created. Because, as you know, if you know anything about astronomy, my friends, that the universe began itself at the Big Bang, one solar system after another, one galaxy after another, millions of light years from the center of the universe, billions, actually. Here we are in the spiral arm of a Milky Way galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy. And we're only one of many habitable planets for, let's say, this kind of planet, right? Just like Earth. In my best estimates, in my best estimate, there are approximately 30,000 Earth-like planets in the Milky Way galaxy alone. Now, my figures are based on my research. I don't have a degree. If you want to debate whether or not having a degree it gives you more authority to tell people facts and figures about different subjects, then be my guest. I'll debate that. We talked about it today in my Toastmasters class, excuse me, meeting. This morning, and I had another Toastmasters meeting this afternoon, public speaking, that's what it's about. That's what it's all about. The action here on Earth is when you get in front of a group of people talking in front of them. That's why the politicians do so good, because they're good public speakers. But we mustn't be fooled by their words and their empty promises. They don't tell the truth all the time. Have you noticed that? But I'm branching away from what I was talking about. I'm going to read from this book. And I would love to make contact with extraterrestrials. And the only reason we haven't made contact with them is because we're a violent species. Don't you know? We're a very violent species. But the good news is the majority of us are not violent. We are fun-loving, peaceful generous, family-oriented, kind people, while the minority of bullies and tyrants and dictators and bad people are a small minority. 
The only thing is that a lot of the minority of bad people have a lot of money and are kind of pushing some of our buttons. But guess what? God is in heaven, and everything will be all right, because God is in control. Now, I'm talking about the supreme creator of the universe who initiated the Big Bang, and also our mother and father God, co-creator God, and the most highest on the sun, the spirit world, for those people that don't believe me, let me ask you a question. Do you have a spirit in your body? The answer is, yes, you do. And what is that spirit made of? It's made of the same molecules as fire. A lot of electrons. So think of the Fantastic Four and Johnny Flame, a body on fire. Your spirit is actually composed of light energy. Light energy. And your spirit can live in a fire, whether it's the fire of the sun or the fire down below the surface of the earth in God's jail, otherwise known as hell, where there is lava beds, there are lava beds, and you've heard the stories, the Bible talks about the wailing and gnashing of teeth, the screaming of people who go there for rehabilitation of the most serious kind for those people who are the murderers, you know, the rapists, the sexual abusers, the physical abusers, the verbal abusers, those people that don't believe in God, don't believe in creation. Going back to what I was saying before, changing the subject. So if all this life happened by accident, logically it could happen by accident anywhere in the universe. So if a planet like this was created by accident, logically a planet like this could be created anywhere in the universe. And don't you know the universe is a very, 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 very large place. Just look up into the evening sky. When the sun goes down, and isn't that amazing, like that song, it says, the bright blessed day in the dark sacred night, or if you like Metallica, and Sandman, enter Sandman, enter night, exit light, or is it, yeah, that's it, exit light, enter night, take my hand after never, never land, yeah, I like Metallica. In fact, one of the songs I know is called Nothing Else Matters. So close, no matter how far. Couldn't be much more from the heart. Forever trust in who we are. And nothing else matters. Never opened myself this way. Life is ours. We live it our way. All these things I just don't say. And nothing else matters. Trust I seek and I find in you. An open mind for a different view. Anyway, back to what I was saying. The universe is filled with life, teeming with life. 
Einstein knew it. One of the smartest men in the world, and I think if you don't know it already, you will. We're stuck right now, my friend, stuck in a gap. Trying to make contact with these extraterrestrials is not easy. Once upon a time, they thought the world was flat. We had Columbus Day, right? Last Monday? Columbus proved the world wasn't flat, but he was a very bold man, courageous. And so were those other crew members on board the Nina the Penta and the Santa Maria. As they set out across the Atlantic Ocean, now, we know the Native American Indians already existed here on North America. So they really didn't discover America, but they bridged the gap between Europe and North America, which was a good thing, right? Sooner or later, they would have done it. But the point is, the world believed, the, excuse me, the, yeah, the world believed, most of the people living in the world at that time, people just like you and me, believed the world was flat, that the world, she was not around, you know what I'm saying? And then you've heard of Copernicus? He said, no, the Earth is not at the center of the universe. Planet Earth revolves around our sun, and our sun revolves around the center of the Milky Way galaxy, and our galaxy revolves around the center of the universe. Hmm. So now we're stuck in that gap where we don't really know for sure if there's life out there. We don't really know for sure that we're not alone in the universe. Isn't that a shame? Just imagine if we could make contact with my buddies out there, my sisters and brothers and spirit, because they have eternal souls also, just like you. They have eternal souls. So on the dimensional, the transitional level, they're just like us. They too will die one day and go to their spirit world. And then, because they're already pretty advanced, as far as their soul's journey is concerned, they might not continue to progress up that reincarnation ladder, up the soul's evolutionary ladder, you know what I mean? Or are you not getting it? But you will later. <laughs> Just kidding. You know I love you. Reincarnation is as real as we will die one day. You know what I mean? Reincarnation is as real as we are not infinite beings. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go to the spirit lands, and there's a lot of people there. Don't you know, so many people that have died before in the past on this world, and don't get me wrong, I'm not morbid. I'm just trying to face reality. You know, there's all this fantasy violence going on on the television, don't you know, in the movies, video games. We're losing touch. We never really have been in touch with reality. But don't you want to know the truth? Don't you want politicians to tell the truth? Don't you want to know the truth that there is life out there? Well, I'm going to read from this book. The Contact Has Begun. Phil Krapp is the author, K-R-A-P-F. He was a 
editor on the L.A. Times Metro desk for 25 years. So you think he'd really make that story up? You really think that he would risk his reputation? He actually won part of the Pulitzer Prize and the ridicule of his friends and peers if it didn't happen to him? We can't ignore evidence like that, my friends. It's logical. And it behooves us, since we all pride ourselves on our intelligence, to recognize what's real and what's not real. What is real evidence and what's not real evidence. I know you all want, my friends, the avertance to land in your backyard with their spaceship so you can say hello to them, touch their spaceship. You don't get zapped because... It's riding on electromagnetic anti-gravity power. Yeah, that happened to... You ever heard of the movie A Fire in the Sky? I'm not talking about the sun. I'm talking about alien abduction. Oh, that sounds scary, doesn't it? But there's another word for it. It's called an unsolicited visitation. But, well, E.T., if you actually... You people that don't believe... If you had a face-to-face encounter with E.T., you would have that deer-in-the-headlights look, no doubt, and you'd be hypnotized probably for 20, 30 minutes before you snapped out of it. You'd be terrified to your inner being, to your core. Because why? Because you haven't prepared yourself. You haven't even bothered researching or reading about it. Your mind has been closed. Some of you, not all of you. All right, so I'm going to read from this book. Hold on, please. These ETs are called the burdens. Have discovered many creatures. Do I want to start there? No, actually, let me go back here. Bear with me, please, a few seconds. Let me start here. If we compare just your most intelligent people, say the top 10%, your species would rank in comparison with the other species in the galaxy and the universe at perhaps an 8 or 9 on a scale of 1 to 10. Robert continued, one of the ETs named Robert. But the sheer vast numbers of the less intelligent draw down the average considerably. Again, this is an anomaly that we had never experienced before. We previously had thought it would be impossible to find such a wide difference among individuals in the same species. However, with the proper guidance provided by the available technology, man will not have to wait for two million years to achieve absolute intelligence. By the way, absolute intelligence means the point at which it becomes biologically impossible to become any more intelligent. There are limits to everything. The process can be speeded up enormously so that a race of humans of superintelligence can be created within no more than two or 3,000 years. In terms of physical appearance, Humans are neither more attractive nor less attractive than any other species. 
Humans simply are viewed as a species with unique characteristics, just as every other species brings to the planetary community its own unique physiology. Most of the space beings are what could be described as anthropoid in form, although with great variations. But despite these vast differences in appearances between the species that do evolve into space travelers, they all have at least two physical features in common. I was told one is the ability to grasp with enough dexterity to make tools in humans and these ETs themselves, that would be the fingers and the opposable thumb. From this amazing anatomical feature come the tools that lead to mining, manufacturing, agriculture, and dominance over fire. All of these things eventually lead to outer space. There are some pretty strange, at least from my perspective, creatures out there based on descriptions that I heard. For instance, not all of the grasping appendages are necessarily of the human type. Some star travelers have dual prehensile organs that are every bit as efficient as the human hand. Even the elephant with its dexterous trunk has the physical ability to perform simple grasping chores, although it lacks the intelligence to take full advantage of that faculty. The trunk does fall short, though, of the full range of refined movement that the human hand possesses. It can pick up a peanut, but it cannot operate a pair of pliers. Also, even if the trunk were as adroit as the human hand, the elephant's massive body itself presents an insurmountable barrier to the dexterity required to become builders of cities. In other words, the grasping hand is vital, but it is useless if the rest of the body is incompatible. That brings us to the second major feature that all star travelers share. The body must be capable of the mobility required to transcend its native environment. It's hard to imagine an elephant climbing a ladder into the business end of a space capsule. The elephant, in fact, is the only earth land animal that cannot get all of its feet off the ground at one time. In other cases, I was told there are species that have developed super intelligence through evolution, but their bodies are not compatible with that intelligence to allow them to make and use tools or to travel outside of their restricted environment. The virgins have discovered many creatures, including those on Earth, that cannot live outside of water. Because they are swimmers, they have not developed the physical ability to manipulate their environment in order to mine, to forge, to farm, to manufacture, or to weave clothing. Naturally, familiarity with fire is totally out of the question. And yet, some of these creatures of great intelligence whereby they have spoken languages, understand mathematics, and form abstract thoughts. The Virgins have determined that certain Earth marine species, specifically whales and dolphins, 
will eventually arrive at that point if current evolutionary processes are not disturbed. But in their present form, even if they develop the intelligence, they will be restricted to the oceans and therefore excluded from the astral community. The body itself is a prison. Of course, that could change through some as yet unforeseen evolutionary mutation. As for reproduction, some species in the intergalactic federation give birth to live young, while others lay eggs. There is at least one species that produces several identical offspring during the adult's 100-year lifespan through an internal cloning mechanism. This species has no sex. The offspring then internally clone offspring identical to themselves when they reach adulthood, which are identical to their parents and their parent before them. In effect, the population basically consists of one person and millions of bodies. This is as close to physical immortality as the burdens have ever come across. Fortunately for this species, the evolution into a cloning organism did not occur until it had achieved a very high level of intelligence. Had this process occurred earlier in the evolutionary cycle, the species would not have made it to the stars. That stands to reason simply because a clone is an exact duplicate of its donor. There can be no improvement from one generation to the next. If it had started cloning itself earlier in its history, all progress would have stopped at that point. Stupid is as stupid does, as the saying goes. The next chapter, chapter 10, the world to come. This is so fantastic, I blurted out at one point in a moment of unrestrained enthusiasm. I just can't imagine what life on Earth is going to be like in 100 years, 1,000 years. Well, it's certainly going to be different, the one called George said. Please, I said, tell me what it's going to be like. I know I won't be around to see it myself, but I have such a yearning to know, to understand. And then a strange thing happened. I don't know if it was fatigue from the long hours of absorbing information or if the full impact of the experience of being taken aboard the spacecraft, in other words, finally took hold of my psyche, but I was overcome with emotion, and I felt that I was on the verge of weeping. I hung my head to control my misting eyes. I was choked up and did not speak for fear that my voice would crack. I felt ashamed that composure had eluded me for a full minute. The burdens themselves simply waited until the episode passed and I was able to collect myself. There is no need to be embarrassed, George finally said. You are simply grieving. That very human emotion is quite normal under the circumstances. Grieving, I asked, 
Grieving for what? For whom? For a missed opportunity, he replied. You are glimpsing the glorious future, and you are aware that it is tantalizingly just beyond your grasp. And because of that, you are angry and frustrated, and you feel cheated. But that is the nature of life. He was right, of course. Oh, how I wish that I could have been born a century later. But wishing wasn't going to make it happen, and I had to deal with the reality of the here and now. Tell me, what will it be like, I pleaded. We can't predict the future, George continued. I believe they can. He just didn't tell them that. No one can. No humans, anyway. But based upon our experiences, we can, with great accuracy, tell you what can be expected in general terms. Humankind will take its place in the Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets sometime early in the 21st century, if all goes according to the established timetable, the burdens told me. In the short run, in the first 100 years after that event, great strides will be made on the road to curing the ills that have plagued the species from the time that humankind took its first halting footsteps upon Earth. These will not just be physical ailments, but afflictions of the spirit and social order as well. Many diseases of the body will be conquered. Intelligence levels will rise. Poverty will start to disappear. Common courtesy and civility will flourish. Nations will begin to consider war unthinkable. Crime will plummet and other antisocial behavior will wane. But progress does not happen overnight, and it will be several centuries before humankind achieves what today would be considered utopia. Within 1,000 years, humankind will have been transformed. Great spaceships will be exploring other galaxies in the absence of poverty, sickness, war, and crime, complete individual happiness will be a universal reality. Illiteracy will be but a notation in the history books. Lifespans will have increased dramatically. Every citizen of Earth will have any creature comfort necessary to live satisfying and rewarding lives of peace and contentment. There will be a, an abundance in the land, and every living person will share in it. The air and water of earth will be as pristine and pure as it was before man's ancestors began to befoul them. The rainforest will be restored. The rivers and oceans cleansed. Keys and locks will become a thing of the past, as will police forces and theft insurance where no person would even consider stealing another person's property or engaging in any other forms of antisocial behavior. People will move about the world in great ultra-modern vehicles without concern for their personal 
safety or security. National armed forces will have disappeared as unfathomable relics of an insane past. The burdens went on and on, painting a magnificent verbal picture of a world that I was incapable of visualizing. I'm dumbfounded, I said. It's incomprehensible to me. How, what processes can bring such revolutionary changes? You're essentially talking about the restructuring of human nature as I know it. It's really not all that complicated, George said. I got the feeling that this particular alien, because he was doing most of the talking on the subject, might have been the designated expert on human psychology. As we told you earlier, the human species has been assessed as being essentially moral and worthy of nurturing. Think about it. Without exception, all of the mischief in your world is and has been the handiwork of a small percentage of your population. We judge that element to be about 20% of the total. No longer would that minority of troublemakers run roughshod over the world's population, making war and committing crimes against people and property. Hello, Mr. Putin. Tyrants and criminals both of the street thug and white-collar variety, will be isolated from the mainstream and effectively rendered incapable of inflicting their rascality upon the innocent masses. Such isolation would not take the form of prisons as we know them today, but rather a benign and compassionate separation from the main body of decent people in which they will live out their lives in comfortable seclusion. Naturally, they will not have the option of reproducing, I was told. Who will oversee these changes, I asked. Will the burdens become the rulers of Earth? Oh, not at all, George replied. Mankind will maintain complete and sovereign control over its own destiny. We will merely offer you guidance, which you will be free to accept or reject, but based upon our experiences with other alien species, we fully expect that the lessons you learn from us will lead to a hastened social evolution as you apply our teachings to deal with your human problems. It will be a totally natural process. I may have touched a nerve because one of the star travelers made it a point to assure me that while the verdants are the dominant species in the known universe, in the known universe, the only species that has colonized other worlds, they are not rulers. Every species, he said, is an equal part of the whole. There is no superpower as such. Hello? Every world maintains its sovereignty while participating equally in the intergalactic community. Earth and humankind will share a similar status. Well, that's all for that book, my friends. I'm going to take a drink here.
How am I doing on time? 6.36. i got about 20 minutes left. I went down the wrong way. <coughs> One thing you could say about me. I'm going to take another drink here. <coughs> I try to be as real as possible, you know, as transparent as possible. Now, in my past, I wasn't always that way. And we all have our past. Are you living in the past? Are you living in the past? Remember that song by Jeff Hotel? Da 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 Living in the past. I'm not living in the past. My friends, I'm trying to embrace the eternal present moment of now, right now. We are alive. We are living, staying alive by the Bee Gees. Remember that song? Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man. No time for talk. Music loud and women warm. I've been kicked around since I was born. Well, it's all right. It's okay. You may look the other way. We can try to understand New York Times' effect on man. Whether you're a brother or whether you're a mother, you're staying alive. Staying alive. Feel the city breaking and everybody's shaking and we're staying alive. Staying alive. Ah, 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 ah. Staying alive. Staying alive. Ah, 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 ah. Staying alive. Yeah, staying alive. Anyway, well, it's almost time to vote. And I mentioned something previously about some politicians. Empty promises, trying to fool the masses of people, not telling the truth. So it's up to us try to pick out the best people coming up next month who are going to tell the truth, right? Who will keep their promises. But more than that, truth. We want the truth. Somebody's always lying. You notice that in the debates they have? Well, the figures say this, and the numbers say that. And then the person says, no, that's not true. Those numbers are wrong. Okay, so who is telling the truth? Come on now. What do you take us for? Politicians, if they're really if they're really interested in following the Constitution, they will do the right thing for we the people. The welfare of we the people instead of being engaged in their petty competition between each other. A politician gets elected, he or she has good intentions, they go to Washington, D.C. to meet their fellow congressmen, and they find out, whoa, it's like a splash of cold water in their face. Things are 
totally different than what they expected. They either conform with their peers or they get ostracized. And they learn not to do the right thing. The main thing is to do what their peers do, whether it's right or wrong. That has to stop, my friends, in order for us to progress in our evolution. So when we vote, coming up here shortly, less than a month, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, please just vote for the right person. Don't vote for the party because you voted for the party before and your parents before you and your grandparents. That is illogical. It means that you don't walk alone. You have to have people tell you what to do. Don't you realize you're going to be buried alone? There's no one coming with you. Your money won't go with you. Stand up for yourself. Do the right thing. Do the right thing for yourself and for our country. We want America not to be a superpower, you know, like we've been called before in the past. Because that just makes countries like China and Russia all that more determined to beat us down, you know? We have to be intelligent about this. America is a place full of diversity. People from all over the world have come here and still want to come here because there's an opportunity to live a dream, a dream of working and having a family and having all the good things in life, like a house, a car. People from China came here and they helped build the railroads. People from Ireland also. Italians came here and they settled in New York City and they created all these wonderful businesses. The Italians are excellent shipbuilders, for one, to name one trade. They build most of them, most of the cruise ships that are built nowadays are built in Italy. Did you know that? And they are beautiful, beautiful ships with such attention to detail. The Italians are very gifted human beings. And their food, very delicious, right? America is the shining example for the world. That's what our founding fathers envisioned. That we could be that single point or let me rephrase that, we could be that diverse population. We would accept everybody up to a limit, right? We want to do it legally and knowing in advance what the repercussions would be if we opened our borders to too many people, especially the ones who have a proclivity towards crime, you know what I mean? But do it in an organized way just like me, I was born in Canada. I became a U.S. citizen. I had to go through the process. I had to apply for a visa. And then eventually I got my citizenship. And I'm grateful. I've been around the world, my friends. I was in the Army. I've been in Germany two different times, 1960-61 with my parents, 1982-84 with the U.S. Army. I've lived in Canada, 
several different places in Canada, Guadalajara, Mexico, Caracas, Venezuela with the army, Ankara, Turkey with the army, Korea, two years in Korea. I've been around the world, you know. And there's no place like the United States. I always wanted to get back to the U.S. Not because they had the prettiest girls in the world, but because it's a cool place to live, you know. Yes, we have our problems. Yes, we have competition that is really the best game in town. What's going on now between the Republicans and Democrats? Do you think the Super Bowl or the World Series is the best competition? Just turn on CNN News or Fox and listen to them talk about each other. It's the best game in town, my friends, but don't be blinded. Don't be fooled by what it is. It is a game. Competition is a game, but our lives is not a game. The welfare of we the people. This inflation we're going through right now. None of us like it. Who knows what happened? I can't blame it on any one particular person. It seems like administration gets in power and all these curveballs get thrown at them, whether it was Mr. Biden, Mr. Trump. Look what happened with George W. Bush when he, just after he became president in 9-11. Just kind of think how that changed his perspective on his presidency, you know? He was intending to go in there and do great and wonderful things, and all of a sudden, the most terrible terrorist attack in the history of this world occurred over how many people? 5,000 people dead in a matter of a few minutes. Uh Uh-oh, one of the dogs wants to come out. I think someone's inside, so I think I'll let them... Well, she might have to do her toilet if you know what I mean. So hold on, I'll be right back. Oh, someone's letting her out, I think. No, the door's opening. Hold on, please. Her name is Shakira. She's a smooth fox terrier. She's a really cool dog. Very intelligent. She spends a lot of time in the backyard barking. She's very fast, although I haven't seen her run really fast in a long time. We take him out for a walk once a week on Sunday in the evening. We take him to this special place where they can run around. If you want a a happy dog, my friend, and a healthy dog, let them run. Why? Right after the show, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the track on Lackland Air Force Base, and I'm going to do some sprinting. That's what dogs love to do because it exercises the heart. That's what I like to do as well. It is a good exercise for the heart. It is the ultimate exercise for the heart and lungs, my friends. I'm not talking about walking around the track, though. I like to just use this straightaway because walking around the the curves of a track can put pressure on your legs, on your ankles, on your feet, you know, even if you switch going one way or the other. But just, it doesn't have to be long, just 40 feet, 50-meter sprints, you know. Breathing through your nose. Don't forget to breathe through your nose. I've done so much research, my friends. I could probably, if I wanted to, get a Ph.D. 
on physical exercise. I was thinking of writing a book called Walk Fast and Run Fast. You like that? So breathe through your nose always. Don't you know that sleep apnea, and I've got sleep apnea, I'm trying to deal with it. I'm getting old in 68, okay? But sleep apnea is nothing more than breathing through your mouth too much during the day when you exercise. I remember one time I met a guy, an ultra marathoner, marathoner, who runs like 50 miles. And we were talking, and he said, yeah, I use a CPAP machine. I, as an ultra marathoner, use a CPAP machine. What's going wrong with that? But then if you look, like, if you look at someone like Yulia Kipchoge, the greatest, greatest marathon runner in the world, Yulia Kipchoge, that's a tongue twister, right? You ever have problems pronouncing words? I do sometimes. If you notice, if you pay close attention to him and other supreme athletes, Olympic sprinters, Olympic runners, notice how they breathe through their nose. Shelly Ann Fraser Price, one of the greatest female sprinters ever. Look at her run the 100-meter sprint. And she's a, like, their best is like 10.60. The record is um, Florence Griffin Joyner, 10.49. Just think, 11 one-hundredths of a second is the difference. I mean, that's even, that's probably slower than I can, faster than I can click my fingers like that. Or slower than I can click my fingers. Yeah. So I've been practicing breathing through my nose a lot. I think it's a good thing. You can check out the the facts and figures, the reasoning behind that. Now, it's true that, I mean, you can't just go and run 200 meters or 400 meters from, if you haven't been practicing. You're going to need to open your mouth to get enough oxygen in your body. The point is that the nose processes oxygen more efficiently than the mouth does because you want to get your cells in your tissues, your body tissues, oxygenated properly and breathing through your nose, according to all the experts, all the research I've done on the internet, is by breathing through your nose. But now I only have a few minutes. I was going to read from another book. Let me see if I can. I think next show... I'm going to try to talk about heaven. I'm going to dedicate the next show to all about heaven. And the light's going down here, and I can't read from the book too well. So I'm not going to do it right now. I'd like to just paint a picture on the next show of what we can expect when we get to that world of light where there is no darkness, no shadows where we can expect to meet people from every culture throughout the centuries in the history of the world, dating back thousands of years ago. They're going to be there. There is no one, there is no religion per se in heaven, my friends. There's only the praise and worship of the creator of this solar system 
and the praise and worship of the creator of the universe. Now, don't forget to say your prayers to them. You know what they look like? I'll tell you. Mother and Father God, they're huge spirits. Life is all about growth. Even when you get into the spirit land of the spirit, they're still continuing to grow. We grew from babies, right? We're all big babies. Growth is what makes the universe, what makes the universe go around, my friends. Growth. So when you get to heaven, when we get to heaven, and we come face to face with the creators of our soul and spirit, you're going to see that they're shining with a light that is so bright, the glory and the radiance will wash over us with the strength of hurricane winds for a way to compare it to, my friends. So unless you're sufficiently developed spiritually and evolved enough, you won't be able to withstand that light, believe it or not. I'm telling you the truth. So it behooves each and every one of us to develop the light of our soul. Our souls are like lamps. And you can do that by being a kind, generous, decent person, saying good words. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. That's what it's all about. Words, my friends. Words. Use your words wisely. Think about it. I've got one minute. Say your prayers. Don't forget to say your prayers. Have the courage and the strength to say your prayers. We're hardwired. Our brains are hardwired to say prayers. Here's one. To the creator of the universe and also to our mother and father God in heaven. Please bless us. Help us. Thank you for your help. You helped me so much. Help all of us. Help us to have peace in the world, like I was talking about earlier. Help us not to kill each other, but to love each other. Thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. We love you. We know you love us. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.